thanks for dropping in with us. You're listening to the Moving Beyond Trauma Project podcast series we call Spiritual Conversations and Trauma Healing with spiritual facilitators, Judy Dragon, a trauma healing specialist and author. That's me. Hi, I'm Debbie Zeitz. I'm a Theta Healing Practitioner, a Reiki Master, and trained in other modalities. Our conversations are about trauma intelligence through the awareness of Theta Healing Technique, a non-dualistic healing modality. Gratitude for being here with us on this. Hi, everyone. We're the Moving Beyond Trauma Project, and we have a wonderful discussion today. Um, we are spiritual conversations and trauma healing, and our topic that Debbie and I were talking about. And by the way, I'm Judy Dragon, and I'm, I'm Debbie Zeitz. <laughs> and we're going to talk about um, triggers and trauma which is a big topic. And so um, we thought we'd kind of talk about what comes up for us when triggers occur. And Debbie, do you wanna start by sharing some things that kind of stand out for you? Um, well, as far as um, you know, triggers go, what I found is, and really on my life path, is, um, you know, having children, I think definitely was on my path. But since a lot of my trauma occurred in childhood, I noticed that when I'm getting triggered, a lot of times it's around things that either happen to the kids, um, that the kids do, because it brings up, you know, some of that, uh, that, that trauma. And um, as interesting as it can be to have that happen, as you're trying to parent, um, giving those pauses and then going and reflecting that says, you know, why am I getting triggered by this and kind of digging on myself to go down the, the, the rabbit hole on where is the origin of the trigger for me and um, what beliefs or patterns or um, whatever is sitting underneath that. Do you have something specific that you might be able to share about how a trigger in the present and just to make mention that all triggers come from the past. And so the present situation is like a mirror into the unconscious to allow us to regain what we thought didn't occur or did occur. And so that we can then bring a new pattern of ourselves back into the world. So is there something, Debbie, that you feel comfortable in sharing that people could relate in like an outer experience that triggered into an inner experience that feels comfortable for you? Um, sure. Um... I guess uh, there, there's a couple that come to mind. I'm just trying to think of which one would be best to take all the way through. Um, probably one of the most ongoing um, triggers um, that I think I get cleared away and don't is, you know, the kids cleaning up after themselves and leaving dishes in um, the sink and stuff like that, where it's like, um, I'm like, okay, you just get the sink cleaned and then they come back in and they mess it up. <laughs> and um, 
what, what you know what I've kind of found in that is you know digging back through um, that of course it is a pattern from my my childhood. I, I don't have necessarily all the root to it because I think I get it cleared and then I'm good for a while and then it comes back up again. Um, what I do find though is that when I'm tired or I feel like um, trying to keep myself out of overwhelm, like I'm the person that has to do everything, that's the time that it, it, I get the most triggered by it. So that's one that I'm um, continually to work through. Like I said, layers, some of this trauma stuff is based on layers, right? And, and so in the present, what I found is as, as long as I can be taking care of, of me and making sure that I've had enough sleep, I've you know, balanced my life a lot about where I'm taking time out for me, then I don't get as triggered by it. So you're saying that doing your self-care helps, helps to mitigate it while you are digging down and clearing out what the issues are around what the children bring up. Well, actually, I don't even get triggered by the, the stuff. Uh, what I find is, is that when I'm tired, hungry, not feeling well, all that, that is when I'm getting triggered, whereas it could be the same thing that's happening. And if I've taken care of myself, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just go take care of it, right? And the truth of the matter is, is it usually doesn't take that long. Um, but when I haven't been doing my self-care, that's one of the things that I can see right away, get more grumpy. I'm like, oh, why can't they just put these dishes in the sink? How hard does it take? You know, that type of thing, rather than just saying, okay, they're teenagers. <laughs> um, and uh, just taking care of it and moving on rather than getting myself worked up about it. So I'm curious that that occurrence, even on the outer, say you're not feeling as calm to handle it in a different way. When you were a kid, how were you treated when things weren't um, cleaned up? Um, or were you told in the midst of a lot of trauma that you had to do something that was like beyond your capability or something? Um, yeah, in my house, there was a lot of yelling and screaming. And so, um, you know, as you mentioned that I can see maybe the same pattern in my mom, where she was feeling the same way when she was um, feeling out of sorts, all of a sudden, it'd be a big production. And we're all get down here, clean this up, blah, blah, blah. And it was a big production where we were yelled at to go get everything done. And it could have been the same, like for a week, and all of a sudden, right now is the time that it all has to get taken care of. Um, so um, I'm not sure I answered. What was your question again about the, in the childhood? Yeah. So it was an, in, in general, I would say, um, cleaning and messiness was not an issue until it was. <laughs> and so some of the inconsistencies around that. Yeah. So you were kind of on edge because you never knew when someone would go off. Right. Okay. Well, yes. that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, as you were talking, I was also thinking the different ways triggers show up. And I had an incident where I was watching a video and it was, it was kind of kind of, I knew what the ending was going to be. There was a man that was um, going to rescue a dog that had fallen in to a pond of frozen water. And so I saw him running and the family like, you know, signaling him to get over to 
help the, cause they couldn't get to the dog. So the man's running and I knew he was going to rescue him and I had to turn it off. I started getting so agitated inside it, like I couldn't breathe. So I knew at that point I'd have to deal with the trigger cause I could feel it come up so strongly somatically in me. And I thought, gee, what an inoculate, innocuous video to get triggered about. But it brought up for me how many times where I'd be driving in the car and I'd see this gorgeous sunset. And then all of a sudden I'd have to pull over on the side of the road because I'd be someplace else. That's that sky triggered a memory that I didn't, you know, have. So in this case, the um, watching that movie brought up having to witness something as a child that was really horrific. And what I remembered is the fact that in witnessing a child, be, another child be hurt, that I ended up taking in that energy of that child and I had to release it. That's why the trigger came up because I had to release trying to protect the child or in the case of the dog, you know, protect the dog. And also what comes up so much in trauma responses is what we call secondary post-traumatic stress. And so that energy was still part of me from that memory of witnessing that child be hurt. So had I not gone into the trigger, I would have held on to the energy. I would have held on to the fear that I can respond in the present different than I could in the past. So that's for me what was so important of being able to really deal, you know, with triggers. Um, you know, most people probably don't have it as dramatic or, or maybe even traumatic uh, experiences, but um, for me, it just happens so easily um, that it doesn't knock me into a point of dissociation like it did many, many years ago. Like I can stay present with, oh, my body had like a knee jerk reaction to that and it's messing with my energy field. But um, yeah, so I also kind of thought recently, I, um, I had men that's, that attempted, I felt, attempted to take advantage of the homeowners that live on my street. And they came when, I mean, I work out of my home, so I don't even know when they came, but they went through my property, they painted it, they painted lines, opened my gate, came into my yard, painted through my garden part of it, put little flags, all red flags. So get the, get the color, red flags through my garden, okay? That's my sacred space. So I thought, oh, like I was feeling really angry about that. So, and, and I like to use the outer signals, you know, to say, okay, there's something going on inside, but I need to deal and take action in the present first so that I can also go in and, you know, take care of things. So I, I got a hold of the contractor who was in charge, which was very difficult to find out at first. He was 
actually very present, very kind. And I didn't want to say nice because I that's one of my pet peeves. I don't like the word nice because nice doesn't mean anything about authentic and how that person is going to show up in character. It's like a blend all word. How do you feel about that word? Uh, pretty much the, the same. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I called him and he said, no, you, they've got the wrong street. They're not supposed to be working on your street. And I'm like, oh my God, they did it twice, came through. So he said, I'll take care of it. And this was like, you know, one day. And I spoke to him twice then. And then the next day at 10 o'clock in the morning, the trucks were here and the noise was outrageous. And I had clients coming and clients online. And I thought, I'm not gonna be able to work. I'm gonna have to cancel everyone. I can't do this. So I walked out in my pajamas and my slippers and my hair all over the place and a big furry, you know, poncho that I wear sometimes. And I walked out and I'm a really tiny woman. And I just like, no, you're not gonna do this, you know, after. And so I talked to this man, there were two men standing there and one man, I'm, I'm telling him what occurred with the contractor. And they said, it's the wrong road. And I said, you can't do this now, I have clients. And he started laughing at me. And he goes, we have to be done this job by four o'clock. And I'm like, no way, let me talk to the contractor. And he goes, he's right there, he was the other man. So I just looked at him and I said, you just told me the day before that this wasn't gonna happen, what's going on? And he said, well, we left, a note on your front door. Well, I never used my front door to go out. I used my garage. So I said, why didn't you call me? You called me the day before. And he said, hmm, well, I could have. And I said, so this can't happen today. I have clients and you didn't give me time to cancel anyone. He said, okay, what if we do it tomorrow? And he gave me some times and I said, okay but I need this space here. And he said, okay, because I, I had something else I had to do at that time. And he said, okay, we can do that because that's your lunchtime. So that really, I felt heard, not dismissed, like with the other man, I felt heard. I felt I could trust this person, but it did trigger, the whole thing triggered me. I could feel it, even though I was, I get, sometimes with people who attempt to be hierarchical, which this man wasn't, but the other man was, tried to overpower me, like dismiss me, negate me. I like grind my foot in the ground and I just like, you are not gonna do that. <laughs> so I get very adamant and defiant, actually more defiant. Like I'm ready to go into something rather than kind of, stay grounded in myself. So when the other man came in, I was able to kind of anchor better, but I was already in trigger. So I was able to go in later in the day after clients and be able to see where that came from. And lo and behold, there was a man in the memory who was overpowering me 
and abusing me and talking and dismissively like I didn't count. I didn't, I didn't even exist except for his use. And so I could clear that and I went into a forgiveness process, which in theta healing, we're able to scream and yell at the other person and tell them how they affected us. And then say, I forgive you three times and pull the energy back because saying I forgive you means you don't get to have my power. You don't get to have my energy and I'm pulling it back to me because you don't deserve anything from me. And I did that. I pulled it back. And then this morning I went and I did a little more energy work around that because I could felt still kind of a connection in my heart. I was still feeling attached, running a little bit of energy to him. And I don't want to give my energy to anyone. I want to keep it in my core so I can utilize it. So it was really a process for me, but I'm so grateful. I took the time with myself to do that. And I kind of put that out there for others to know that sometimes we have to go really deep to get to those triggers in trauma so that we can fully come back to ourselves and liberate ourselves from others. Because if we keep putting our energy into them, we're the one who loses it. We're the one who doesn't have what we need for our life, for our day for our communication with others. Yeah. So what I really like about your story is a couple of things. One of which, and this was something that, you know, I really was unaware of before I started my own healing journey is when you trigger, I, um, in the past, I'd always think it's about the other person, right? Oh, they're doing this to me, you know, all this other stuff. And then to realize as you're going through, and now as I'm getting triggered is first thing, okay, this is all about me and what's going on with me. That's, that's causing this, where do I need to go look? So it's um, almost not about the other person as much as you. And this is a representation of something in the past that you've held on to that you need to um, release. And then the other thing is, um, as I mentioned, you know, growing up, there was a lot of yelling and screaming and stuff like that and getting triggered and the reaction to the trigger, right? And so, you know, to march- Say something more. What do you mean by the reaction? You mean you're- So like, um, you know, in that case to, let's say if it was me happening to me, maybe I would have gone off and just said, you know, why are you doing this? And had very discommit, you know, um, taking out my anger, rage on that person in a- um, Not very meaningful way. You know, some of those childhood patterns where, you know, um, not very conducive, whereas in yours, you didn't say it's okay, you just didn't, you know, walk away from it, you addressed it, um, and were firm about it, but in a more interconnective way. Um, you know, for me, that's one of the things I've had to work on my triggers is what I'm triggered is not saying walk away, just go and, and deal with it internally, but also dealing with in the outer world in a way that you can be firm, seen and heard, you know, uh, and then go and work on the trigger or vice versa. But it is also that inner and outer um, gelling together kind of, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because if we can't take action in the moment, then we're disconnecting from what might be really important in the interaction. And sometimes I think it's important to, if, you know, there's too much of a trigger, you know, go take care of yourself, right? But in, I, I did have the grounding to know and the boundary 
of what my needs were in the moment. And from that point, I could say, this is what I'm needing, you know? And he was kind, he was open and it worked out for both of us. So even though he had a crew, I'm sure he had to pay the crew to do something else, but you know what? That wasn't my issue. That was his. And I could separate that because he didn't come forth initially and say and call me back and say, is this going to work for you? After I told you it wasn't even going to happen. So it's to like know when to do it, you know, I think. Right. You know, and because we're human and growing, right? uh, That's not always going to be, at least I found for myself, I have my ideal and then what actually happens. But then it gives me better time to reflect for the next time. Okay. Um, yes, I didn't know my boundaries or I didn't stand in my truth in that situation. And um, I, you know, took it on somebody else, passed on my negative energy rather than doing what I could to deal with me um, and, and stand more firmly in my truth and my boundaries. Right. And you know what? It's also the energy in which we do it because um, for me, I realized in my beliefs when I was working on it is that that word defiant, that defiance to me is what I, as a kid, I was called stubborn and it was a defiance energy. It was, and what I looked at is the virtue of that is to be my will, my will to be and exist. And so when I realized the virtue be that was really what I wanted to shine rather than the defiance. I started to clear the beliefs from that point because um, defiance and being adamant and standing in one's truth is different energy. And so I really went into that for myself because I don't want to be confrontational to people. I just want to stand in my truth of the situation. So that's kind of what I came to with the dig with the digging and it really helped my body a lot. Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything else um, to say, but uh, you know, I just uh, kind of in summarizing, summarizing it up today, we just really wanted to talk about triggers and around trauma awareness, um, how to kind of pay attention to look at the patterns of your own triggers. Maybe next time you're feeling triggered, take a, you know, a deep pause either you know, before the moment or afterwards, if you didn't get the chance to go reflect on that and where you might be holding on to a memory or some energy that's not serving you any longer and uh, would like to release it. Yeah, I agree. And there are so many ways to self-care around it. I know you mentioned some earlier, Debbie. And so as the um, revision of the Moving Beyond uh, yeah, moving beyond book that I'm writing on now. Um, there's going to be so much um, self-care. And plus on our website, the Moving Beyond Trauma Project.org, we have 76 ways there that you can look at our uh, ways that you can work with self-care for yourself. So until the next time. Yeah, thanks for joining our conversation yeah. today. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Spiritual Conversations and Trauma Healing. Your healing really matters to us. If you liked what you heard, share or tell a friend about it. To subscribe to our mailing list, or if you want to join the conversation, 
you may do so on our webpage, themovingbeyondtraumaproject.org. Until next time, many blessings.